Welcome to BIM Academy's Digital Climate Podcast with me, Andrew Johnson. I'm the Learn Development Lead for BIM Academy, and I've asked some learning and education experts who I admire greatly to chat with me about how we progress the integration of BIM and digital construction processes into schools and higher and further education curriculum. For some time, within the construction industry, we have discussed skills gaps. There is a clear lack of skill in the application of digital construction methodologies among young people at the start of their careers. That is why it is important to educate the benefits of digital working practices and how we apply them to projects from a young age. By introducing digital working methods and practices to our younger generation now, we'll future-proof construction for the next set of innovators and forward thinkers to create even further progressive technologies and have the ability to apply these tools. Businesses are in desperate need of workers skilled in this area, and educators need to realise they have the ability to close the skills gap. I'm Andrew Johnson, the Learn Development Lead at BIM Academy, and today I'm talking to Jerry Ruffles, Head of Education at Moby. Jerry is responsible for the development and running of Moby's education activities. It's further education, higher education, and vocational training programs, as well as exciting student design challenges. Welcome, Jerry. Tell us a little bit more about Moby, what it does, and how you run these exciting programs. Hello, Andrew. Um, yeah, as you said, Head of Education for Moby, Ministry of Building, Innovation and Education. Um, it was set up by uh, George Clark, TV architect, um, five years ago now. Um, very, very passionate about um, homes, <clears throat> how we live how we will live into the future, affordable homes, sustainable homes, um, energy efficient homes, and, and, and possibly more so concerned about the image of the construction industry. It's not seen as particularly an, a particularly attractive um, industry for young people to come into. Um, and so he kind of set up Moby to try to in, inspire and engage with young people from primary schools, secondary schools, um, as well as uh, um, you know, FE and HE students to consider and come into the construction industry and benefit from all the, the wonderful opportunities. So I think the image kind of has been that construction is cold, nasty, wet construction sites, um, not a place for girls, not very diverse. Um, and with... Um, careers advice, teachers, possibly parents, didn't really appreciate that you you were probably either going to be on a cold, nasty construction site um, as a tradesperson, which is fantastic, or you were a glamorous, ar- glamorous architect like himself at the top of the scale, nothing in between, you know, no kind of real awareness of quantity surveying, project management, structural engineering, um, and particularly nowadays with, with all the incredible opportunities coming in with digital technologies and so on and so forth. So Moby was set up to kind of overcome all that. Two kind of fields, really. One was the building, um, Ministry of Building, was how we could actually design and build um better, more affordable, more sustainable houses, probably looking at um, off-site construction, um, you know, modular building, um, which he's developed with our head of design, um, and obviously the education side, which is which is my side. Um, and in those five years, we've developed a pathway from writing um, BTEC level three courses with Pearson, um, updating the existing um diplomas in construction in the built environment um new hnc new higher education which can be delivered part-time full-time um we've set up degree courses 
various universities across the country. We've got master's programs um, in a couple of universities. We've actually got a PhD program running at Northumbria. So we, we, we cover this, cover the spectrum from level three up to postgraduate courses. Um, and we're developing training, um, trying to provide training for SMEs in digital technologies and so on and so forth. But our our major, uh, I think our major engagement, our biggest success has been um, design challenges, student design competitions. Um, and, and in the five years we've been going, we've now um, developed and, and run, I think, 10 design um, challenges with, with, with sponsors from industry. And these really have engaged young, young people. Um, a lot of the young people have entered our competitions and our challenges have uh, been inspired by the the, the industry and, and have gone on um, gone on into the career. A good example being our very, very first design challenge, which is an off-site accommodation, um, was actually won by a group of 13, 14-year-old girls from Nottingham. Um, that school, an all-girls school, never really considered construction because it wasn't for girls. Um, they they entered our challenge, were incredibly creative, um, came up with some really exciting designs, basically because a lot of the older students that entered the competition were kind of constrained by thinking, well, we would love it to look like this, but it would never get through planning permission. We would never get building regs approval. These young girls have never heard of those, so they just designed. Anyway, the point is that these four girls won the competition. They were brought down to London um, to present in front of a large audience. We thought, crikey, you know, these girls will just freeze, but they were so confident and 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 so passionate. The point is, they they were 13. It was five years ago. We've now got two of that winning team who have gone on to our degree courses. Um, and another one is retaking your A-levels to come onto the course next year. So incredible progression. Um, and we're about to launch a new challenge about retrofit, which we may talk about later on. No, it sounds really, really exciting. And I will. I'll keep that in mind, reference retrofit, and we'll try and bring that into as well one of the questions so you mentioned the age groups there that you're actually capturing so you mentioned 11 do you ever go like even so like infants to like junior schools that little? yes um our kind of policies really been you know the younger you can engage with kids the more likely they are to think about construction environment as a career um <clears throat> it's never too young getting the primary schools involved and we have been working with twinkle who are primary school um, education resource providers. Um, <clears throat> and last year we developed a series of 10, 10 lessons specifically for primary school kids. Um, 10 lessons with 10 videos um, and 10 shoebox challenges, how they could actually make um, and get involved with the built environment, trying to not asking these young you know, four, five, six to nine, 10 year olds to design houses. But the things which they're really interested in, such as the planet and the environment. So how could they encourage wildlife? How could a green roof work? How could you collect rainwater off the roof and, and reuse it? Things which these kids can really get into. Um, and and for the very, very young, for the very young kids, we've actually developed a shoebox challenge and a little lesson about if you were designing a, a, a home now, an off-site modular home now for the three little pigs that the big bad wolf couldn't blow down. And this is an extraordinary little experiment game, um, which kids love. 
Um, and it kind of gets, it really does get them thinking about how houses can be built and what's important about them. And of course, you know, we're talking, we're talking about digital technologies and has the industry you know, absorbed and is, is it getting involved with digital design and, and modern thinking? Um, every single one of these kids was actually really, really clever on Minecraft. Um, and some of the, the they you know drafted out their drug designs and their landscaping on Minecraft. And you think, cracky, yeah, you're eight. <laughs> I would definitely agree. And um, my my son, he's been oh, still 16 years old, and still him and his friends um, go on Minecraft. And some of the things they create, they're, they're playing games at the moment. And it's quite adult games <clears> they're <throat> playing, but they're actually creating them back in Minecraft and then playing them in Minecraft. But yeah, I think it's one of these generation things where I think Minecraft will, people will play until into, even into their 20s, 30s, you name it. But no, it's oh, yeah. just... And, and for these young kids <clears throat> engaged with Minecraft, it's it's a very short step for them to then to go into um, SketchUp um, <clears throat> and develop from there. And then from SketchUp, it's very easy then to just then to transfer into Revit and this sort of thing. So, um, yeah. No, oh, brilliant. So over the past decade, the construction industry has undergone a revolution in digital construction, with, for example, introduction of building information modeling in the whole life cycle of the design and build process. This is a significant level of change for working methods. Do you believe the level of change to bring new skills to the industry and has it kept up with the same pace? No, I, 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 I don't think it has really. There obviously has been a huge uh, revolution in digital <clears throat> digital construction, digital technologies. And I, and I don't think the construction industry has kept up. So certainly not um, compared to other industries, the automotive industry, IT industry. Um, no, it hasn't. We're, we're still building houses, you know, the way we have done um for decades probably hundreds of years really um same sort of materials it's slow and it comes back to what i said earlier on it's cold nasty construction sites you know materials are wasted they're delivered to site um uh, yeah i don't i don't i don't think it, it has by a long shot and and it's not just construction you know people um especially when starting to look at bim and revit and these other digital um the digital technologies that are, that are coming on smart contracts and digital twins and these sort of te technology um <clears throat> is probably not should we not just be aiming it at kids in schools so that may or may not be interested in construction. But, you know, the guys who are doing IT, the guys who are doing gaming, these are the sort of skills that we really, really need to really need to promote. So we've mentioned BIM, modern methods of construction, off-site. Are there enough skilled workers in the industry to deliver these construction methods? No, I, I really don't think there are. I don't think we have. I don't, you know, it comes back to what we've been saying. It, it isn't that attractive. I don't think there is enough um, skilled workers. You know, those people in the industry are probably just so busy working away. Um, a lot of them haven't got the time to upskill uh, and retrain. Um, and probably companies are, aren't putting them to, towards um, upskilling and retraining. We're certainly not doing enough for retraining trying to bring people in from other industries into the industry um, and, and trying to develop this training for, for instance, SMEs, um, you know, trying to kind of demonstrate to SMEs that kind of been um, the digital technologies and the other things which we're looking at, you know, looking at the future of smart contracts and 
um, broad chains and stuff like that, um, how <clears throat> within the next couple of years or so, these things are going to be more and more commonplace. They're going to be almost vital to them. Um, and they need to know what they need to be aware um, that these are coming, even if they're not going to be absolute experts, but at least to be able to know how these things could benefit their company. Um, and develop, developing this training has proved difficult because um, SMEs are very, very busy. Um, where can they afford the time to come and, and do this training? Um, getting their staff to come and do it. And, and you know, there is still this kind of a bit of a uh, reluctance among a lot of smaller companies that, you know, we're, we're so busy anyway. And this sort of stuff is not for us. So, you know, we need to we need to do more and we really need to upskill and, and um, work on the training and the delivery and the courses. I mean, the um, government has um, bang, banging on about, you know, build back better promise. Um, and promising that we're going to have the most efficient, technologically advanced construction sector in the world. Uh, and uh, if that's going to be the case, you know, we need more funding um, to develop this training and we certainly need more engagement. We have covered a bit on the education side. So what stage do you think we need to introduce these digital skills? Uh, well, as I said, I think <clears throat> I think we should be in, in, introducing them as, as as soon as we can in primary schools, if we can, as we've seen, as we've already said, these young primary schools are very, very passionate about, they are um, concerned about the about the planet and, and global warming and the environment and this sort of thing. But um, as far as digital skills are concerned, they are already using tablets. Um, they are already using Minecraft. So they're used to it already. Um, and I think you know, we can kind of get them at that age as we are with our challenges to try to get thinking about design and architecture and, and, and so on and so forth. At that age, they're going to come on and, and not be suddenly shocked when they're 15 and 16. Think, oh, you know, I, I could go into the construction industry, certainly in schools. Um, and it is, a, it is a big worry. <clears throat> We're hearing now that, uh, you know, some of the schools are actually dropping D&T kind of subjects and, and reducing the number of time they're spending delivering design and technology in favour of English and maths, which are incredibly important. But a lot of schools are concerned about these getting their grades and about the more academic subjects at the expense of design and technology. But as I said earlier, with the looking ahead with more digital technologies, um, digital transformation coming into construction. It's not just the people in construction we should be engaging. You know, it's, it's the IT people, it's it, it's this across the board. So I would like to see this stuff expanded beyond just the design technology in schools. Now, we've been engaging quite a lot with the university students. We're doing quite a lot of guest lecturing with the university. And when I get to chat to them at the end, you can tell that they are really doing um, their own. So. It's more of a hobby type thing. So we're seeing a lot of them like doing Python coding. And as you said, when it's not really even relating to their job and other, other types of digital skills as well. So do you think that a lot of um, interest comes from um, hobbies or do you think it's from the competition that's within the industry as in their peers? I uh, It's a difficult one. I think a, a lot of that does come from their hobbies, um, <clears throat> such as these kids who have just been talking about. You know, they're <clears throat> developing coding skills because they're playing games and they don't realize that these are employable skills. And, and I don't think some of the courses um, 
are yet engaging sufficiently with these skills. So the only reason that the only <clears throat> chance these kids and these students are going to get to develop these sort of skills is through their hobbies and in their own time. So do we need to upskill industry workers or do you think we need to introduce the course curriculums during their education? No, <clears throat> I think we need to do both. We've got to upskill um, the existing workers, as we said, you know, whether they like it or not. <clears throat> these digital skills are going to be coming in more and more commonplace. Um, you know, even the guy who's chasing, chasing out the brickwork or the block work on a housing estate for the um for the bricklayer, the, the electricians to follow on and, and run his cables through in the next couple of years or so, he's going to be putting on his hollow lens goggles and and that he's going to be reading BIM modeling to know where he's going to chase the wall out and so on and so forth. He's so he's going to be upskilled. Up we've got to do that, and of course we've we've got to um, bring in this stuff into our all these digital technologies and BIM. It's got to be brought more into our FE and HE courses, not just for those that want to be do the technician type of the you know the, the vocational courses but for the guys who are coming in doing the um the trade courses the brickwork and the plumbing and joinery it's got to be introduced throughout and at the moment i don't think it is sufficiently but what barriers do you see in place which present resistance from education providers in making changes to their course curriculum or indeed authoring even new courses like you were talking about that modern methods and construction yeah it's very very difficult um you know the providers whether it's pearson they are big providers knock and sitting girls um yeah it, it's a very slow process um you know you you know where i know when we um we kind of first set up moby and <clears throat> looking to develop looking to develop um an approved standard set up a trailblazer to get a standard approved um, for our new new courses and kind of George and his wisdom were saying, well, we could write one of them in a couple of weeks, couldn't we? Yeah, well, how long would it take? And to try to explain, well, yeah, we could probably write the gist of it in, in a few weeks. You're looking at two or three years to get this thing approved, at least. Um, the courses with Pearson, City and Gills, they do take a long time to write and then they've got to be rewritten. And, you know, it, it is a very slow process. And um, <clears throat> it's taken us the last two years to probably need three years now to actually get this new HNC and modern methods up to the state it's at now to get it approved. Then you've got to get it validated. Um, as I say, then the procedure to go through IFATE to get it mapped to a standard. It's incredibly, <clears throat> incredibly time consuming. No, it definitely is an issue. Right. Our final question then. So what would you like to see happen next? I think funding. I think we want we want the government if they're going to fulfil their promises of build back better, they're going to, have to put money in. They've got to put money into it, particularly FE, probably the more vocational practical courses. You know, we desperately need money to for the <clears throat> to equip the colleges. You know, with the technology, the software, the you know the the stuff they need, um, and also to to be able to train. And probably not necessarily train, retrain their own staff because, you know, that's probably going to be um, it's going to be difficult now. But to be able to offer attractive salaries to really I mean, I know colleges probably the same with teachers, um, the guys who, who have got the ability for these um, digital technologies can make a lot more money in industry than they would in, in, in education and further education, higher education. So if there was some money to really make. Um, you know, it's not going to happen with you know, at the moment, government funding. Um, 
but you know that's 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 got to be the case um i think we've got to develop much more um online material we've got to do a lot more digital i mean we're talking about digital technology so as i said earlier you know the kids don't need to be sat in the classroom we need to kind of look at these modules look at the the the, the design and technology modules and kind of i think develop um <clears throat> develop online teaching um, have everything available digitally and that's going to you know that that's going to be a hu huge difference and we really 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 need to um get industry to get more involved you know to, to local industry to to get involved with their local fe courses um to to go in and help help deliver these units um provide more placements um provide more industry placements um and i really think mentoring would would be really really useful if you know we can match some of these students with local firms where they can mentor them in terms of what they need qualifications and training and confidence building that that would make a make a huge thing no i think i totally agree with you i think access is one of the main and that's a factor too like we can tell from our accents we're both from up in the northeast <laughs> but we generally do deliver a lot of the training as well national and even internationally as well because and um, we probably both use this blended learning approach so Probably not so much on the face-to-face -face now, but a lot on the virtual training and so on. But yeah, definitely I would say that BIM Academy, and I'm sure you are with Moby as well, are yes. so doing that blended approach of a lot of the virtual training. Um, also the training being available online, so it can be self-led, but also face-to-face -face is always good as well for that conversations. Well, as always, Jerry, it's been an absolute pleasure. I always like catching up and we do it quite frequently. Um, and we do like to talk about our education and especially the future of learning. And I look forward to catching up with you very soon. And always, I just want to say a huge big thank you for actually your opinions and all of your knowledge as well. well and, and, and thank you, too. It's been, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, we kind of hopefully we, Moby and yourselves at the BIM Academy are going to work together more closely to help develop these online and digital learning. So, yeah, as always, it's been a pleasure. And thank you very much for inviting me.